This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. Coming up, we'll talk to the folks at Easy Invest about, among other things, opportunities in real estate investing, ethical investing. But first, it's a look at the consumer news headlines from the past week. As the travel season heats up, in Canada, researchers are looking to use artificial intelligence at can- Canadian airports to help curb the spread of COVID-19. The Innovation Economy Council held a panel this week to talk about the ways airports can better detect and control the spread of viruses. One of the big ideas is to use what they call wastewater surveillance basically test the water in the sewer and see what kind of viruses are present, including the newer strains of COVID-19 and even monkeypox. Thousands of UBC graduates who earned their degrees during the COVID-19 pandemic will finally get the grad ceremony they were denied while shutdowns and physical distancing were in place because of COVID. A statement from UBC says it usually hosts eight fall graduation ceremonies at its Vancouver campus in November, but there will be 33 this month, with 25 being makeup ceremonies for graduates who only had virtual grads in 2020 and 2021. Three of the makeup events will be held uh, at UBC Okanagan for alumni who earned degrees there during the pandemic, while makeup grads at the Vancouver campus start on uh, November 15th and continue to the 22nd. More than 26,000 UBC students were offered virtual ceremonies between 2020 and last year, and the university says all were invited back for an in-person event. And as we observed Remembrance Day yesterday and saluted those who have fought for Canada, a disturbing statistic, it shows that more than 23,000 Canadian veterans are now waiting to have their disability claims processed. The federal government says it has hired hundreds of new temporary staff to help process this backlog, but the Royal Canadian Legion says it's time for the government to adopt a new approach that makes sure those who served aren't left out in the cold. Elon Musk is seeking to reassure big companies that advertise on Twitter that his chaotic takeover of the social media platform won't harm their brands. He acknowledged that some dumb things might have happened on the way to creating what he calls a better, safer user experience. The latest erratic move on the minds of these big advertisers was Elon Musk's decision to abolish the new official label on high-profile Twitter accounts Just a few hours after he introduced it, Twitter began adding the gray labels to some prominent accounts, including Coca-Cola, Nike, and Apple. Then a few hours later, the labels started disappearing. And Adidas says cutting ties with Kanye West is going to be expensive. Adidas announced a lower-than-expected earnings forecast for the year, and that's mainly due to losses from the now-defunct Kanye West partnership. The company figures its net profit will be cut pretty much in half this year, saying they expect to make about $252 million. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And ethical investing. We've been hearing that term a lot for a long time now, but uh, I've got some questions about it, and I'm sure you do too. When we come back, we'll find out everything you need to know about ethical investing from the folks at Easy Invest, how you can invest with a clear conscience, but also know that you're investing well. 
with an eye to the future. We'll also talk real estate investing and all sorts of ways that you can uh, maximize your returns as you look to the future. That and some other strategies for making your money grow. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And 2022, I don't have to tell you, has been a bit of a roller coaster ride for investors. All the more reason you need a licensed professional who knows what they're doing to help you navigate those waters? And Easy Invest is just that. An exempt market dealer based in Richmond, a term you might not know, uh, an exempt market dealer, but you should. And this afternoon, we'll find out what that means. It's a relatively simple thing and how it could help secure your future. They're also experts uh, in real estate investing and ethical investing which is an interesting topic, something uh, I'm definitely going to ask about this afternoon. You can find Easy Invest online at easy-invest.ca. I'll say that again, easy-invest.ca. And with me now is the founder of Easy Invest, Ralph Vanderwall. Hi, Ralph. How are you? Hi, Martin. I'm doing fine. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, We were just talking about the weather and how how quickly things change. And it's kind of like the stock market and investing. Uh, You know, it's a real roller coaster ride. But but I guess, uh, you know, like the the motto for Easy Invest is investing made simple. So I guess part of the strategy for Easy Invest is to make things simple so you don't have to sweat these roller coaster turns of the, the stock market. Would you say that's true? Absolutely. Yeah. Personally, I got most of my funds out of the stock market. I, I maintain a small portfolio, and especially for uh, my son, because he's still a minor, in the stock market. But what I really didn't like is the eternal roller coaster ride. Uh, things go way up, everybody's happy, and before you know it, and most of the experts don't see it coming, things go way down. And then you can't sell without incurring a loss. So many years ago, I decided to go into something that all the books were telling me to do, which is real estate. Right. And and you are, let, let's go back. I mentioned you are an exempt market dealer. So yes. let's let's talk about what that means, because it's a relatively simple thing, but I, I don't think a lot of people know what an exempt market dealer is. Exempt market dealer, either you know what it is and you are invested through an exempt market dealer or you have no idea what it is and you're not invested with an exempt market dealer. What is it? An exempt market dealer provides investments in the private investment industry. Now, it sounds like you need to be very wealthy to do so. In the past, that was so. Nowadays, as little as $5,000 gets you in with many investments through exempt market dealers. The returns you find on many of these products that they offer can be at least as good as in the stock market, but without the ups and downs. And here's how this works. These stocks or these uh, units that you buy through these investments are not as volatile. And there's a reason for that. So exempt, what is exempt? Exempt market dealer means it's a registered firm, so they are registered with the Securities Commission. In our case, that's the D.C. Securities Commission. They are the main regulator, so they regulate literally everything we do. We have to maintain a minimum finances. We have to be audited every year, so every dollar is accounted for. Our staff needs to be proficient. They need to be certified and registered on what they call the National Registration Database. 
So when you deal with an exempt market dealer, you can be assured that you're dealing with competent people. Now, what do they do? They provide the link between investors that are looking for a solid return and not as much volatility as in the public markets, and they act as a gatekeeper to provide those investments to the public. I'll give an example. For example, if you and a few of your friends get together and buy a nice piece of land somewhere and you decide to build whatever you want to build there and you want to offer that as an investment to the public, you have to do that through an exempt market dealer. They are the gatekeeper because they will look at your proposal, they will look at your investment documents and decide whether that's secure enough or solid enough, prepared well enough to offer to the public. So whenever it goes on the shelf of uh, the store, the exempt market dealer, and then they reach out to the public, you can rest assured it has been thoroughly reviewed. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about uh, the the fund, the, the Easy Invest Fund, a project that you have, uh, a real estate project. Because when people say, oh, uh, investing in real estate, it seems like, wow, is this the time to invest in real estate? But it can be, be a very stable investment. And I'm thinking about the beach house at Saratoga. So why don't you describe what that is and how people can get involved in that? Sure. So we have our own mutual fund trust that we set up about four years ago. It's got around 250 investors in there. And what that fund does is it goes out and it buys real estate and develops the real estate through subsidiary companies. Uh, Our current project uh, is, is a really, really nice project. We bought the lands about five years ago. We went through the development permit and building permit process. We did a pre-sales campaign last year. We sold out within about 40 days. And we're now almost completed on 30 townhouses on Saratoga Beach, which is a really nice sandy beach, just about 20 minutes north of Comox on the island. Now, from the investment perspective, the people that are invested in that mutual fund trust then indirectly are invested in that project. And that will provide them a nice return. In this mutual fund trust, there is a 6% annual target interest, which we pay every year, but we pay it out monthly. Plus, then once the profit comes out of this project, which is about April or May, we take about 20% of that net profit and share that with the investors. So in this case, the investors will make around 15% per year, one five. So that's a pretty solid return. Now, of course, results made in the past are no guarantee for the future, but what that fund now does is looking at new projects, and that will again be in real estate. For example, we're evaluating several projects now on the island and lower mainland to build rental apartments, because as everybody knows, the things have gotten so expensive in Canada in real estate that you've got the whole next generation that will have a lot of renters. Nothing wrong with that, but until things stabilize, which in my humble opinion is many, many years away, a lot of these people will be required to rent. So that's what the fund does. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Ralph Vanderwall from Easy Invest. You can go online to easy-invest.ca and find out what they have to offer. And we're talking about uh, the current project, the Beach House at Saratoga, that people can invest into. And I, I guess, I mean, I, I'm looking at the the notes you sent me and um the, the actual sort of return, like you say, the, the past is no uh, guarantee of the future, but it's, it's not like a lot of stock investments because you know exactly what you're going to get for rent. You know that how many people live there. So you can actually look at a table and find out exactly what the costs are and what the returns will be. So, so it definitely is something that is lo- low risk, I guess. 
It can be. Now, there's risks in every investment, but you can mitigate many of those risks. And what we really like about real estate is it, that it's unmovable. It doesn't walk away. If, for example, you get a big recession like we had in 2008, fine, we may not be able to sell houses for a little while, but that piece of land that we own doesn't go away. And in, if you look at the history, uh, historically, real estate has dips. It goes up and down a little bit. But if you take a macroeconomic approach and you take a look at the last 30 or 40 years, real estate has increased in value drastically. You know, usually uh, growing more or at a faster pace than, than stocks. Now, the stock market tends to go up very quickly. You can make a lot of money if you know what you're doing. But, of course, it can go down very quickly as well when there's a recession. Real estate is more stable. Now, one of the reasons why these types of investments, and there are, there are many different factors that you can invest in, sectors, I should say, that you can invest in. There's uh, mining, there's finance, uh, there's leasing and real estate. The, the difference between these private investments or exempt market investments is that they're not publicly traded. That is a good thing, because if there right. is a shock to the market, for example, uh, the war in Ukraine, that shocked the market, or the energy uh, crisis that they have in Europe right now, that shocks the market if you're invested in oil and gas over there. Uh, so people can run to the nearest computer and hit that sell button and get their money out. Hopefully they don't lose enough, a lot of money at that point. But it drops the value of stocks. That is not possible in exempt market investments because those investments tend to be less liquid because it takes a little bit of time to redeem your money, or they are non-liquid, which means you do not get your money out until a project is built. So in my humble opinion, and I've been doing this for almost two decades, that's a good thing. You can't have panic buying and panic selling. Right, right. So what's the process of people uh, coming into Easy Invest and uh, getting involved in these these things they go to easy-invest.ca um, um what do you recommend and what kind of uh, investors are 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 right for easy invest so the first thing that every exempt market dealer has to do is what's called a suitability assessment it's the same as when you go to your bank and you want to invest in one of their mutual funds they will do what's called a know your client form Basically, you, you give the chief compliance officer or the dealer representative an overview of your financial situation. Also, your age is a factor, your risk tolerance is a factor, how many dependents you have. All of that paints a picture which allows us to say, this is a suitable investment for you. And in most cases, there is no issue at all. Then there's the maximum amount of money you can invest in one sector. You know, generally, it's a healthy idea to have maybe 10 or 15% of your total net worth invested in one issuer or one sector. So we recommend that, don't, that people don't put all of their money in real estate or they don't put all of their money in one issuer. That's generally not suitable. However, most of our investors have invested in real estate for decades. That's why they have done so well. And that's really where they want to continue. So the first step you do if you're looking for a, a more solid, stable, or possibly a higher return, or you want to use registered funds as, such as a TFSA or an RRSP, is contact an exempt market dealer. Of course, we'd like that if that would be us. And then we'll sit <laughs> down with invest. you. You got it. And then take a look at your financial situation, explain the investment to you, explain that you understand the risks because every investment carries a risk, explain what the term is, how long you will be invested for, and then you make the decision. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and there are a lot of options, a lot of different funds that people can choose from. And if they go to easy-invest.ca, they can uh, they can see a lot of the different funds, right? Lots of different choices. Yeah, currently we are only have the Western Canada Monthly Income Fund, which is that real estate fund. Yeah, but we are working on some other investments as well. Right. We're talking to Ralph Vanderwall from Easy Invest, and it's easy-invest.ca. Ralph is a, a real estate investor for the last 20 years, the founder of uh, Easy Invest. And he's also one of the founders of the Western Canada Monthly Income Fund, a mutual fund trust that invests in local real estate, as he just told you. And uh, I want to talk to you. We, we've got like a minute left before we break, but I want to talk to you about ethical investing and ESG yes. investing. And uh, in, in a minute, tell me what ESG investing means. E stands for environmental, uh, social, uh, looking at carbon emissions, water stress, material sourcing, things like that. Then there is labor management, health and safety, product safety. Then there is the G, governance, uh, issues, who are the board of directors, what's their business ethics, things like that. It's becoming really big. There's big numbers at play. The bigger funds out there, the the trillion-dollar players, now have assets poised to rise to about $41 trillion by the end of this year, according to Bloomberg. So it is a massive trend, and people better pay attention. Right. And when we come back on Vancouver Consumer, we're going to talk about ESG investment, ethical investment, and uh, how it can become part of your portfolio. And, and maybe, uh, maybe you have some concerns about it as well. I'll ask you about that uh, when we come back. Ralph Vanderwall is our guest. He's from Easy Invest. He's the founder of Easy Invest. You can find them online at easy-invest.ca. And I'm Martin Strong, and we'll have more with Ralph and Easy Invest when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and we are talking investing with Ralph Vanderwall, the founder of Easy Invest. Investing Made Simple. You can find them online, easy-invest.ca. And before the break, we kind of teased about ethical investment, ESG investment, environmental, social, and governance. And, uh, and it's, it's the kind of investing that focuses on these three factors. And when, when people think about ethical investing, um, I'm, I remember when I first heard that term many, many years ago, I thought, oh, it sounds good. And, you know, you can invest with a clear conscience and uh, it's, a, it's a good thing. But are you sort of um, at a disadvantage with other investments? And uh, I'm guessing uh, you don't think that's necessarily true. Uh, Ralph? No, I don't think you're at a disadvantage. I mean, when you look at ethical investing in the past, going back 10, 20 years, it was maybe avoiding companies that have their stuff made in very cheap labor countries, you know, factories full of children, that kind of stuff. You avoid that. Of course, that is now really becoming less of an issue as most of the big investment firms are avoiding that. And most of the standards have risen as well in, in third world countries. So ethical or social investing now, in, in our opinion here at the office, is basically 
creating a better world around you first and creating wealth around you. Because when people have money, when they're wealthy, they can then in turn help other people in societies, however you want to do that. So at Easy Invest, for example, we have our Western Canada Monthly Income Fund. So in this mutual fund trust, we ensure that we invest in things that meet certain criteria. Now, we invest in local real estate projects. So we ensure that all our advisors and consultants use the latest and cleanest technologies that are environmentally sound. We adhere to ethical processes during interactions with all our investors and the people who build our projects. But in real estate, it's the social aspect that comes into play the most because we build homes for local people using local labor force. So I think we this fits into socially responsible investing. So at this point, maybe it's interesting to talk about how massive the impact of that social investing can be. But in order to do that, we need to have a little history lesson. Are you ready for that? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready for some history. All right. So let's look at the example of the Netherlands in the golden century, the 17th century. Now, I got to share with you full disclosure. I was born and raised in the Netherlands. So there's a little bit of pride that comes into play there. Right. But when the <laughs> Netherlands, when they went from a collection of fishing villages with, with small populations to become one of the wealthiest nations the world has ever seen, it basically was due to a couple of structures in business. Now, in the 17th century, they were traditionally seafarers. They began to trade with the Far East out of necessity. There was a war with Spain. The merchants had no access to the lucrative spice trade. So they wanted to go and find spices themselves by going to the Far East. So there were several impediments to the growth of this industry capital to finance these large ships was difficult to find, as the, the money required was substantial, and investing in an expedition was risky. So, as an investor family, if you invested in one ship alone, and that ship wouldn't come back, you would lose your investment. Now, the owners of the banks back then didn't want to take those risks, same as the banks today don't take risks on, for example, investing in raw land. So, the Dutch created the limited partnership. Now, think about it. Why is the word ship in there? That's an investment structure in which investors were only limited to the liability of their own investment, but they shared in the profits of the whole ship. This provided the opportunity for far more people to directly invest into many different ships, so you spread the risk. Mm -hmm. So with limited partnerships, a family could diversify their investments into various ships, spreading the risk over many ships in many different locations, expeditions, the same way our real estate projects work today. So you don't put all your, your eggs in that one basket, but you invest in many different uh, real estate partnerships or other partnerships. Right. And, and it's done very well for Holland. They, they, it's a very wealthy country. It is. I mean, they built something like 4,700 ships. 200 years, they had a monopoly on Asian trade. They would keep it, for, like I said, for two centuries. It became the world's largest commercial enterprise. Uh, they sent almost a million people to work in Asia. So merchants and investors, and I'm going to get to my point here, became wealthy beyond anything they ever saw because it allowed families, local people, to invest in a trade. Now, back then, they were trading in the Far East. Now, we're doing that right here. So these ideas kept spreading the wealth throughout the population, and they transformed the country. Wow. So, and then that's kind of the philosophy of Easy Invest as a, a exempt market dealer. On a much smaller scale, of course, we do social investing because we make our own 
area better first by building real estate and allowing local investors to invest in local real estate using local labor. So we buy the local property, then we invite people to invest with us. Most of them are from B.C., then we use local labor on site to build it. In this case, that's Vancouver Island and consultants on the lower mainland. And then we sell these units to local end buyers. Did, did I mention the word local in there? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. So, and I guess, I mean, you you often, I, I've read some of your, your, your writing and you, you've talked about how in Spain, they didn't adopt that principle. Instead of letting the the typical people invest in the shipping, uh, the crown did it all. So, and that the didn't really did work all. out for the people in Spain. Correct. If you go back to that history lesson, the Dutch were wise enough to allow regular people to in, invest in every ship, spreading the wealth around, and also being able to raise a lot more money that way for their expeditions. Spain did it very differently. They went to South America. But mostly the crown financed these ships. And then the people with very strong ties to the government or the crown would reap the benefits. Now, if you go to South America, the structures there look pretty much the same that they did a couple of hundred years ago, where the elite owns most of the land and, and most of the big businesses, right? There's a lot of poverty all over South America. So it's a very different approach. Yeah. We're talking to Ralph Vanderwall, the founder of Easy Invest. You can find them online at easy-invest.ca. And uh, we, we talked about uh, in the last segment, sort of the process if people want to get involved. And, and uh, even people, you would welcome somebody who just has questions, I guess. It just wants to know how their portfolio could fit into something like this. I'm we guessing. do what we call investor education all the time. We meet with people. These days, it's mostly online because we got really good at that during COVID. And people just don't have to come to the office. They're welcome to. We're right here in Richmond. But we can do an online session and explain to you what the options are and how it works and how it might benefit uh, your portfolio. Now, we're not financial advisors, but we do offer that suitability advice on our own investments. Right. And uh, earlier we were talking about real estate investing and how people can get involved in real estate investing. And what you just described, the idea of, of buying a little piece of one ship, of buying a little piece of many ships. And that's that's it's the same thing with with real estate. You're you're buying uh, little pieces of many properties. Right. Does that make exactly. Sense? So the vehicle that we set up for this uh, investment is a mutual fund trust. You can also do limited partnerships, like I just spoke about, or uh, corporate structures. But the reason for the mutual fund trust is simple. There's no tax inside a mutual fund trust. So all of the profits have to be paid out to the investors. Now, you can minimize those taxes by using uh, your RRSP, which defers the tax to a later date. Or it gets much better if you use that dormant TFSA, because most investors have their TFSA sitting somewhere in a savings account. I guess they should have called it the tax-free investment account because you can invest it and all of the returns inside that TFSA are tax-free. Yeah, I hear that all the time from from uh, people saying that the, the numbers show that most people have it in a savings account, their tax-free savings account. And uh, I find that hard to believe, but people still do it. They do. And uh, fortunately, we're seeing more investors that come to us with TFSAs that have ballooned. I mean, the total amount that you can put in a TFSA if you were 19 years old when they started in 2009 and you're eligible 
is 81,500. That's accumulated. Uh, however, a lot of these investors have ballooned their TFSA to much larger amounts than that because they have been actively investing it in all sorts of investments. The rule of thumb basically is if you can invest an RRSP into something, your TFSA will work as well. Yeah, and I, I guess it's a lot. I guess if you're young, the TFSA is crucial to get into. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So um, those are the kind of questions you would ask somebody who would would go to easy-invest.ca. I mean, what is, what is the first? Here's a question: What what mistake do you find that most people make with their portfolios when you when you talk to them? Uh, most of the portfolios we see, again, we see when, when people fill out their Know Your Client form, they show us an overview of their whole situation, is that people haven't been paying attention. Uh, they're invested in usually in mutual funds at the bank. They've been making 4, 4 5%, something like that, but the advisor has been taking about 2, 2.5% in management expense ratio fees, MERs. Uh, that's not a very good return. If you play the stock market yourself, you have to be very active. You have to be really on top of things. So we do see some very successful investors. Most of them are not. Uh, it's generally when people get a little bit older and they start looking at finances and they find an RRSP account somewhere that's, for example, thirty or $40,000. But when they started it 25 years ago, it was very much a similar amount. It just has not grown a lot. And that can be changed. You know, there's many investments out in the market. Uh, our mutual fund trust is one of them where you can likely create much better returns in a shorter time. Yeah, and you mentioned fees, and fees are the killer for a lot of uh, investors. Um, mutual fund fees can be hidden and they can be outrageous. So how do you uh, describe the nature of, of the fees with Easy Invest? Uh, Easy Invest provides a 2% management fee on that mutual fund trust, but we put a paragraph in our investment documents that states that that fee is not paid out until the investor receives their 6% per annum. We put that in there because if we don't do a good job and we don't pay you at least at base rate and then, of course, the profit share of each project on top, then I don't think management should be paid. You know, during a recession, when a lot of portfolios are losing money, if you are invested with the big institutions, you will find they still take their management fees. So you can actually lose principal in downtimes. Right. And you you think about that kind of sticker shock nowadays when people are looking at their portfolios with the, with the stock market just uh, doing its roller coaster uh, as it is. I guess you get a lot of people who just are, are just sick of that. They are. And again, uh, my love is real estate. It does have little dips. It does go up and down every once in a while. But if you take a look back over the last 30 years, if you were invested in real estate over the last 30 years, I don't think you'd be too concerned about interest rates right now. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Ralph. Ralph Vanderwall is the founder of Easy Invest. You can find them online at easy dash invest.ca and you should get a hold of them and uh, find out how how they can uh, fit into your portfolio because uh, they have some great ideas and as you just heard uh, it's something that everybody should look at so thank you ralph thank you martin my pleasure yeah remember easy-invest.ca easy invest it's investing made simple uh, this is vancouver consumer when we come back it's the biggest lottery prize in history 
$2.04 billion. Imagine how much you'd have to invest with that. But how much of that do you get to keep? You might be surprised at what the take home is on a $2.04 billion lottery ticket. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. They finally had a winner in what has become the biggest lottery prize ever in the world. Earlier this past year, the Powerball lottery numbers were drawn in the U.S. for the then $2.04 billion jackpot, and they finally had a winner. The ticket was sold at a gas station in Altadena, California, Joe's service station. When they made the draw, there was actually a 10-hour delay because of a technical issue before they could announce the winning digits, but somebody did win and is now $2 billion richer, sort of. Uh, I'll explain that. And the Powerball people like to share the wealth, too. I thought this was cool. Get this. Joe's service station, the place that sold the ticket, they get some cash as well. They're giving that business a million bucks just for selling the winning ticket. And yes, there is a Joe who owns Joe's service station, Joe Chahayad, and he gets a cool million dollars for his trouble. Joe is a grandfather 10 times over with another one on the way. So uh, that million bucks will go to good use. Uh, This Powerball jackpot started back on August 6th at $20 million, but nobody was winning. So the total just kept going up and up and up until it hit 2.04 billion. And like I say, that jackpot is the biggest ever given out in the world, 400 million larger than the previous record. So now the winner has a choice. They can choose to take the full prize but that uh, would have to be paid through installments over 29 years. So the 2.404 billion would be paid out in installments over 29 years, or the winner could take a lump sum of cash paid all at once. And winners more often opt for the lump sum, which uh, is not 2.04 billion. Uh, It would be $997.6 million. $997 $997 million, that would be the lump sum payment. But in the U.S., all winnings are subject to federal taxes. So that takes away about a third. And then there are state taxes, depending on where you live. So that leaves you with about $600 million tax-free. $600 million, it's no $2.04 billion, but still, cry me a river. Uh, taxes on lottery winnings are a little bit different in Canada. Uh, If you win a Canadian lottery, that is considered a windfall, and windfalls are not subject to tax. But what about if you're a Canadian and you win big in Vegas? Well, the IRS in the States considers all winnings to be taxable. So if you win a U.S. lottery or if you win big in a Vegas casino, for example, uh, and it's a big jackpot, a good chunk of those winnings will actually be withheld by the casino to make sure your tax obligations are met before you even leave the country. So yeah, the IRS, they want their taste for sure. Uh, This is Vancouver Consumer. 
I'm Martin Strong. We're here every Saturday afternoon, two to four. I want to thank our producer, Leo Coelho, and we'll see you next week. Stick around. The CKNW News is next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.